Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. Now here's Pastor Marco with an encouraging word. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to be in John chapter 15. Just one verse to get us going here. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to talk to you today about the purpose of prayer. I want to talk to you about the purpose of prayer. For the next seven weeks, we're going to really go deeper into this subject. But I want to begin with the purpose of prayer. John 15, verse 7. Jesus said this. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be, it will be granted. You can ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Can you say amen? I think we can all agree that, that prayer is a universal thing. Everyone prays. Even the atheist prays. Okay, find yourself in a crazy turbulence, you know, in an airplane. You become a believer really fast. <laughs> Everyone prays. You know, now we may not pray to the same God. We may not you know, pray the same way, but everyone prays. It's a universal thing. You go to Africa right now, people are praying. You, you go to Middle East, people are praying. Why, why is that? Because we were born with this, with this longing to pray. We were created to pray, right? And, and, and how do I know that? Because sometimes when you don't pray, you, you feel like something is off. And sometimes your prayer is just screaming, you know? That's a prayer. Ah! Why do psychologists tell you to find a release, right? They say scream into a pillow. That's prayer. Ah! You know, everyone prays. I hope you understand that, right? So this is not a weird thing. This is not, you know, a super, just a supernatural thing. It is supernatural. But the reality is, I believe God created prayer to be a natural flow of our lives. Matter of fact, if we see results in moments of crisis when we pray, how much more we would see results if we just made prayer a habit? All of us have seen results of prayer in a panic mode. I mean, if you guys have prayed, God, if you do this, I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. I'm never going to miss service again. Some of y'all this morning, you bought a scratch ticket. God, if I win, the church is going to be on me. No one has to give anymore. I, I got this. <laughs> Come on, tell me you haven't prayed that prayer. You know, we all pray. Okay, all of us pray. It's a universal thing. And, and, I, and I think that the more we can, we can see it as a natural thing that God put in us, the more results we're going to see in prayer. But like, like we said in the video, the goal is not necessarily that I pray to experience God. It's the goal is that, as I'm praying, I am experiencing God. Okay, so, so God gave us prayer for a reason. And, 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 uh, and, and as believers, though, we do have a focus. We do have a purpose beyond just emergencies. We do have a purpose that's deeper than just me trying to find an outlet. Okay, we do have a purpose in prayer. And I hope you understand this, that as believers, people of God, people who follow Jesus... You know, one of our main goals in this life is to repossess the things we've lost. 
I hope you understand that. That as believers, we're here on a mission of repossession. Okay, that, that, that we lost something when, when we enter into a sinful nature. We lost the intimacy with God. And since then, God wants to restore that intimacy. We lost the sense of right and wrong. When Adam and Eve sinned, they try to hide from God. Why? Because they lost the sense of what's right and what's wrong. We've lost the sense of purpose. We've lost the sense of meaning. We've lost the sense of identity. I was talking to someone yesterday. I said, you could be 35 years old and still don't know who you are. We've lost a sense of meaning and purpose. And so part of why we pray is that we need to repossess what was stolen from us. You have to understand that living a sinful nature is costly. It costs your intimacy with God. It costs your identity. It costs your purpose. How many people are living aimlessly every day? Waking up every day with no purpose, no meaning, no direction. Why? Because we lost it when we enter into a sinful relationship. And so part of praying is repossessing what was yours in the first place. That's why, I don't know if you caught this yet, but as you're worshiping, there's something in you that says, I was meant to do that. At first though, when you first come to church and you're not used to worshiping, it just feels like a foreign thing. But the more you acclimate yourself with the Lord, the more worship becomes part of you. Why? Because it's just a thing that you lost. And so in a way, you're reconnecting with your real self. When you're praying, you're reconnecting with your real identity. When you're praying, you're reconnecting with the real purpose that you have, that God has for your life. That's why if you only pray in emergencies, you're missing 99.9% of what it means to repossess the life that God has for you. And so we have to understand that, that prayer is repossession, if you're taking notes. We're repossessing what was stolen from us, our identity in Christ, our purpose in Christ, meaning, right, and power. Like we just saying, I'm not supposed to be a victim of fear. Fear is part of life, but it's not supposed to paralyze me. Fear is a defense mechanism, that tells me, hey, there might be something weird here if you take this, this step, but it's not meant to paralyze you. It's meant to just tell you, hey, there might be a danger here, but when you live by faith, you, let, you don't allow your fears to paralyze you because your faith will always trump your fears when you're living in the presence of God and in the will of God. And so we're repossessing who we're supposed to be. I don't believe God created us to walk around fearful. I, I don't believe God created us to live in panic mode. I don't believe God created us to be frazzled by everything that comes around us. Right? If you go to the doctors, you get a bad report. I'm not, I'm not saying you're not supposed to have that initial reaction, but you're not supposed to stay in that reaction because you know who created you and you know who is capable to do exceedingly above. We can never ask or think. You have to trust God. So prayer is repossessing what was stolen from you. All of us have been, something was stolen from us. We wouldn't be here this morning if that wasn't the case, right? I don't think we came just to, 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 to just pay our religious dues. I think we came because we know that when I come, I'm acclimating myself again with the will of God, with the purpose of God and, 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 and the desires of God for my life. And so I don't want to settle for a life that is anything less than God's will for me. And that's what prayer helps us to get into. So if you're taking notes today, I want to talk to you about four purposes of prayer. With that in mind, you're here to repossess things. 
Jack Hayford in his, in his book, uh, uh, Prayer about doing the impossible, he said this about this repossession. He says, when you're praying, here's what's happening when you're praying. I hope you understand this is powerful. He says, when you're praying, truth confronts the universal liar. The universal liar that tells you you're not good enough. That tells you you're never going to make it. That tells you that you're just going to be in this panic mode. No, you, you declare over those lies the truth of God when you're praying. Reality exposes the sham of religiosity. How many know religion was not the will of God? That you just go through the motions and just do the, you know, I, I do this when it's the right time. When I kneel when it's the right time. I say the right things. But then my heart is empty. That's not the will of God. The will of God is that your heart is full of the presence of God as you're praying. Listen, when you're praying, health crashes into the main of sickness. How many know that when Jesus comes into your life, you don't have to stay sick anymore? And when I say sickness, I don't mean just physical sickness. I mean emotional sickness. I mean spiritual sickness. I mean financial sickness. There's so many types of sickness that need to be broken off of us when we begin to pray. Deliverance unshackles spiritual bondage. How many know we're not supposed to be addicts? How many know we're not supposed to stay in the old lifestyle? How many know that the chains are supposed to be broken when you begin to pray and believe God? When we pray, love overflows the depth of human fear. You know, I was thinking about this morning, my time of prayer. I'm like, God, why are we so fearful? And I heard it's because you, you, you've never repossessed what was yours in the first place. Forgiveness expels the condemnation of guilt that guilt produces. God is not mad at you. Forgiveness is available already. You're not supposed to be feeling guilty about what you did two weeks ago or three weeks ago. The pressure is off. God is here to forgive you. Wholeness expands the constriction sin works. So good. We're not meant to live in the sinful nature. We're meant to live in a wholeness nature. We're supposed to be whole as God's people. Can you say amen? So, so this is why he says, I want you to pray. God encourages you to pray. Why? He wants this in your life. God wants these things in your life. God wants, that's why we pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants heaven to invade earth. How many know that if we, all we do is wait for heaven, we are living a JV perspective of Christianity? Oh, y'all didn't catch that. If all we do is sit around and wait for heaven, all we do when he's playing on the JV team, we're meant to be in the varsity team. We're meant to, to see these things come to pass in Jesus' name. So don't settle for heaven. Settle for heaven to come to earth. That's what he said. So purpose of prayer. Here we go. Number one, prayer is an act of dedication. Understand this, if we're going to pray, really pray, it's going to cost you something. And you know what it's going to cost you and I? It's a thing called pride. Prayer will cost you your pride. Because your pride tells you you can do it on your own. Prayer is going to cost you your pride. That's why sometimes God will let you get into a place where you, you have no other outlet but to cry out to him. I think God sometimes goes, are you, are you, are you, are you, are you, are you, are you ready? <laughs> like how many more times are we going to go over this? Like some people are like, this time. 
Right? How many people talk about like that? Like, this is the guy. God's like, oh, here we go. It's the same guy. He just has a different name. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk to me today. It's going to cost you your pride. Because, because here's two things that needs to happen for us to understand the power of prayer. Is we have to be honest about our helplessness. We have to be honest. That, man, I can't do this on my own. We have to be honest. See, we're carrying things we're not meant to carry. Jesus said he looked around and saw people heavy. And he says, come to me. All of you are weary and heavy. I want to give you rest for your souls. You're carrying things you're not meant to carry. And we talk about it like it's, a, it's, a, it's an honor to carry these things. Look at me. And we'll go on Facebook, look at me. It's like, no, bro, you're carrying heavy loads. Like you're not supposed to. You're supposed to release those things. But in order to understand that, you have to understand your pride is getting the best of you. Now, understand, pride manifests itself in two ways. Pride thinks I'm good. Pride thinks I'm never good. It's both pride. It's just the pride of superiority and the pride of inferiority. And neither is God's will for you. Okay? God's will for you is to understand, now, wait a minute, I created you. I created you good. You just need to repossess the things you lost. And the only way you're going to do that is to understand that it's okay to be helpless. Because I'm your help. Where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Can you say amen? And we have to be honest. Oh, we want to clap. Let's go ahead. The balcony wants to clap. We have to be honest about our ignorance. Because most of what people say about prayer is ignorance. How will you going to know if something works if you haven't really activated it? Oh, I prayed once. Oh, yeah. Everybody prayed once. <laughs> it's like you hear people say that. I went to church once. Well, who didn't? You know, but can you stand the test of time to see what God can do if you can just stay connected to him? Can you say amen? See, we must come to the end of ourselves. Because the end of you is the beginning of God. The end of you striving is the beginning of God's grace. Okay? The end of you thinking I can do this is the beginning of God saying, now nah, we can do this. Okay? So we, we want to understand it's a dedication. The more we pray, the more you show in dependency on God. Everything went wrong with humanity when we decided to claim our independence from God. That's where it all went wrong. With Adam and Eve. And listen, I've heard people say, oh, man, Eve messed it up. I'm like, yeah, that could have been you. Matter of fact, you do it every day. What are you talking about? Eve messed it up. I saw a meme the other day. He's like, I can't wait to get to heaven and see Eve. I'm like, yeah, well, with that attitude, I I doubt it you'll get there. Um, First of all... (laughs) Because God's like, why should I let you in? You, you're ready to re- retaliate. We don't do that in heaven. <laughs> and number two, the fact that you want to retaliate shows you that you don't get it. Yeah, you're the problem. Eve could have your name. It could have been Maria. <laughs> you know, could have been a Portuguese Maria. Like, oh, there's the fruit of... Uh. <laughs> if your name's Maria... Perdóname, perdóname. 
The more you pray, the more dependent on God. See, sin says, claim your independence. Grace says, no, I came to reclaim your dependence on God. Because you don't make it without God. Can you say amen? Number two, prayer is an act of communication. How many know that 90% of problems in our world is a lack of communication? I remember when we did premarital counseling. The, 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 the part that I never forgot was when the counselor told us, he said, no one has a crystal ball. If you don't communicate, no one will know it. But, you know, being a knucklehead, it took me like two or three years in the marriage to understand what he said to me way before we got married. You know, that, wait a minute, if I'm not communicating in my marriage, then, then she will never know what I'm thinking. Because the knucklehead in me thought, she should know <laughs> how I feel. You ever, uh, am I the only one? Y'all going to leave me up here hanging? Like, I share all my laundry list and dirty laundry, and you guys are like, you're on your own, hey. <laughs> but communication is the key to any healthy relationship. You see, God already knows you, but God wants you to invite him in. Don't you know that when God said to Adam, where are you, he knew where he was? Come on, if he's God, you think God was like, ah, I can't find him. <laughs> I, I searched everywhere. You know, it's like the people that say, I found God. It's like, where was he? Is he hiding? No, you found him. <laughs> right? and, and, and so God, God wants you to invite him in. That's free will. Right? He doesn't want to violate that. It says, Adam, where are you? In other words, I'm giving you a chance. Let's reason. Let's talk about this. The prophet Isaiah says, let's reason together. God wants to reason with you. He wants you to invite him in. God's almost like, hey, can I come into that? And you're like, I got this. The God of the universe is available. Where you're like, I got this. How dumb we look when we try to do life on our own. Listen, no one has a crystal ball. God sees everything, but he wants you to invite him in. And you can't know how to communicate. This is important. You can't know how to communicate if you don't have a relationship. Think about it. Every day you interact with so many people, but your level of communication is based on relationship. How close of a relationship do you have with someone? That's how much you share. Unless you're that crazy person that goes on Facebook and thinks Facebook is a diary. <laughs> you know. This is important. This is why Jesus said, if you, listen, I want to read that verse again because it's so important you understand this. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. Relationship. Some people can come up to you and ask you for things like your kids because of a relationship. Notice, I love kids. There's no shame in their game. If they want something, they're going to ask for it. And they know how to stay persistent in it. Because they know, I can break down dad. I, can, I know how to break dad down. And if words are not working, my face will. You ever take your kids to Target for one thing and you end up buying a whole bunch of stuff that you don't need? Why? Because they know how to break you down. My, 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 my little girl right now, she's a hustler. 
She's four years old, but she knows how to hustle, right? Am I right? Like, I was taking the boys. I said, I'm taking the boys to get something. She goes, I like boy trips. I said, okay, then. So I took her, and, and as we're driving, she goes, Dad, I know we're getting something for the boys. But then we get there. She knows, like, okay, we're in Target now. Dad, what if I get just one thing? And, and that one thing is followed with that face. Like, but you're getting the boys something. Yeah, I said it was a boys trip. You know, but I love that because it's a great analogy of prayer. I'm the father. She knows my dad can get me this. If I just stay with it long enough, persistent enough, I know how to get this. Because the Bible says if you who are sinful know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more does your heavenly father who loves you, who want to give you this? Some of y'all are not working him enough. You know, you got to work your dad. Because they know if dad's not working, I go to the mom. There's father, son, and Holy Spirit. Okay? You hit the dad up. You hit the son. You hit the Holy Spirit. One of them's going to cave in this thing. And there's always grandma too. You can ask for anything. That's a powerful statement by Jesus. But he says, if you remain in me, we have a relationship. Right? Because... That same thing doesn't work if a stranger just walked up to me and be like, I like boys trip too. I'd be like, who is your dad? I got five already. I can't be adopting. You know, but God's big enough to handle all of us. Right? Understand this. One of the misconceptions about prayer we need to get because we live in a religious society. You do not need a middle man. You have direct access to God. Jesus said he came to tore the veil between us and God. Like you, you have direct, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have direct access to God. You are a child of God. You're not a beggar. You are a child of God. So go to him. Number three, prayer is an act of supplication. That's a big word. In other words, for saying that we come looking for something, and that's okay. See, God's desire is for you to be full with him. And prayer is his method that he chose to meet your needs. He says, if you call out to me, I will answer you. Right? Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Philippians 4 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You know what the Greek in everything Greek meaning and everything is, is everything. Not some things. Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what, for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That is awesome. You can pray about anything. The great preacher Spurgeon said this. He said, God never shuts his storehouse if you never stop asking. He always has more. You know, someone said this. It's really powerful. They're like, I think one day we're going to get to heaven and we're going to realize, wow, I didn't ask enough. Because sometimes we think, you know, I've heard these people say this. Yeah, but God is probably busy in Africa. 
You know, he's got bigger things to worry about. And that's, that's a small mindset of God. Okay? Because my kids are never worried if I'm busy. Because to them, their world it revolves around them. Like, you're here for me. <laughs> that's kids' theology right there. You're here for me. Like, I don't care what you're doing. Okay? Dad, I don't care if you're a pastor. I need some juice. Right now. If you give me juice right now, I'm going to throw a tantrum. Like, I didn't want juice right now. Okay? I don't want juice 20 minutes from now. I want juice right now. Okay. Now, listen. God is big enough to hear your prayers and to hear someone's prayer in Africa. You know, and to hear someone's prayer in the Middle East right now. And to hear someone's prayer in a hospital room right now. God is big enough to hear your prayers. So don't worry about exhausting God because you can't exhaust God. He's inexhaustible. Okay, you just got to keep praying and asking. Look, James says this, the brother of Jesus said, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get. Isn't that our world? Doggy dog race, you know. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. My goodness, that's a word. In other words, in God's economy, there's no room for jealousy. He's like, man, if I bless him, I can bless you. Right? There's no room to be fighting. This is why our world is such a mess. Because we're thinking, I got to do this. I got to get mine. It's like, God's got plenty for all of us. If we just keep asking him, can you say amen? So what are you, what are you lacking this morning? Ask him. Ask him. And keep asking. Until you see the results you want. Can you say amen? And number four, prayer is an act of cooperation. This is so cool. We get to cooperate with God's plan on earth through prayer. That's amazing. But here's one of the most fascinating scriptures when it comes to this. Jesus says this in John 14, right? The same time he was talking to them about abiding in him. He said this. is really powerful. He said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Even greater, greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Like that's fascinating to me. That Jesus would say that you would do Greater work than he did. Now, understand this because at first, when I first read the scripture, I'm like, man, come on, how can it be? Like, greater work than Jesus? Like, come on, he's Jesus. But understand what he was saying. He's saying, listen, while I was here on earth, I was limited to where I was physically. Your prayers now makes what I do reach beyond the atmosphere of your physical being. Because you can pray for people who are not in the same physical place as you. Because your prayers are now in his name. And remember, he's him that does the work. So he's saying, look, you can do more. Why? Because now, if I'm in you, then I'm everywhere. You get what I'm saying? Like, how powerful is that? That Jesus is saying, like, I can expand my reach through you. Think about it this way. Prayer is like a missile. You know, in war, they can launch a missile from here. And they can hit anywhere in the world. That's what prayer is. Right? Prayer is you 
taking the will of God, the power of God, and, and release it over a situation or someone. This is so powerful that this is so cool because, you know, they say like they took prayer away from school. No, they didn't. If you're a believer, you can pray in school any day of the week and affect that school through your prayer and affect that school through your focus of praying every single day. Because I could be in class, you're like, you can't pray. Yeah, but I'm praying though. You don't know I'm praying. I'm praying right now. I do that all the time. When you guys come to me and says, can we meet? And, and, and I don't know what we're going to meet about. As you're telling me, I'm praying in my spirit. Okay, God, help me. Oh, my God, this sounds crazy. I'm like, I'm trying to keep my pastoral face on. But I'm praying. Holy Spirit, what are we going to, what in the world? This is not good. This is, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, praise God. Yes. Um, but in my spirit, I'm like, holy, you better bring something here. Because I'm about to say something crazy that I shouldn't pray. You can pray at all times. I'm telling you, this is why we have to access the power of prayer. You can go to work, people are bothering you, but you're praying for them. There's an old school song by the name, 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 a man named Carmen. He said this in his song. He said, you can talk about me all that you want. I'll talk about you when I'm on my knees. You can talk about people the right way on your knees. If you're going to gossip to someone, gossip to God. Because here's what happens when you gossip to God. God, can you believe Maria? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you know what's going to happen after a while? You can't help it because you're gossiping to God. And God says, now I want you to pray for Maria. Come on, Maria was having a bad day. You don't know what Maria's going through. You need to be blessing Maria with your words. You need to be blessing Maria with your life because you have no idea the battles that Maria is facing. And so when you're releasing to God someone, God's releasing back the power to you to speak life over that person. And they don't even know. And what's cool is two weeks later, you see Maria has a different attitude. And she thinks it's because she got a new shirt. But you know, I'm hooking you up, Maria. You have no idea. I'm blessing you. God can change someone's life through praise. How many times have we heard this story? People, I've heard it all the time. People who did not want to come to church were like, let's commit them to prayer. You think God doesn't hear that prayer. Right? God will hear your prayers. Listen, if you have someone in your life that you're like, you won't come to church, commit them to prayer. Stop trying to force them. Commit them to prayer. Commit them to the will of God and watch God begin to do the work in their lives slowly but surely. Because here's the thing. We live in a defensive world, but prayer makes you defenseless. I love that. There are great possibilities. You guys can come up when we pray. Endless possibilities of what could happen when we pray. You may need a breakthrough in your life. It begins with prayer. Hope and prayer go together. What are you lacking today? I want you to ask God. I want you to be specific about it. Be as specific as possible. What is one thing? If God can do one thing in the next 40 days for you, that you know only God can do this. 
I, I want to challenge you to pray about it for 40 days. I want you to take that one thing that you feel like it's impossible. It can't happen. I want, you to ch- I want to challenge you to give it to God. Now, understand this. I'm challenging you with one thing. But man, it's inexhaustible. You can bring him anything. But I'm saying, can, is there one thing right now in your life? For the, can you believe it? That I believe that for the next 40 days, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see breakthroughs. You know, let me just give you an example. We're going to close here. A couple of years ago, we bought a building, right? And through some events, the state says we couldn't build there. So we had to sell the building, right? And we only owned it for like two months, okay? And we did everything, right? We prayed, we believed, we went there, we, we fasted, we poured oil. You know, we did all the stuff. And we thought like, man, this is crazy. How is this not working out? Right? But in two months, we sold the building and made more money in two months than we would have made trying to keep this building. And honestly, that's not even the best part for me, honestly. Because money to me is like, God has plenty. That's another thing. Don't worry about money. God's got plenty. Your own money tells you to trust God. Have you read it lately? It's a great devotional in God we trust. The best part for me is, is that God knew, in a way, he was stretching our faith, teaching us to trust him. Because in two months, we sell the building, and then we're like, let's reach out to this place that we had reached out before, and they said no to us. The Shaw's building had said no to us. But this time around, we just, we just said, let's just take, see what happens. This time, they're like, oh, we'd like to meet with you. And what's crazy is that this time around, first time around, there was no entertaining. Like, oh, click. Like, we don't want to hear it. This time was like, oh, let's have a meeting. And we're like, I want you to meet us in Smithfield. We want you to see our headquarters. Because they're like, oh, listen, we'll see what happens. We'll meet first. Literally, I'm not making this up. The, the guy walked into the meeting in the parking lot. I shake his hand. He goes, we already have a proposition for you. I was like, like that? We didn't meet. He didn't ask any questions. He gets there. He goes, we have a preposition for you. Okay. Breakthrough happens when you're consistent with God. He's faithful. He's faithful. Listen, let me just tell you this right off the bat, because the next seven weeks we'll go through this. There are things in my life that I've been praying for years. For years. So I want you to know. There's a persistency in prayer that needs to take place. When we came to New Bedford, people told us they had been praying for years. And God gave them vision of a church like this that was coming. There's a time and a place and a season for everything. Just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean God's not working it out on your behalf. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.